All right, welcome back to the 4A podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, you got your NL Central recap for the 2022 MLB season. Yesterday, you heard the National League East. Tomorrow, you're going to hear from the National League West. But this year, you're going to, or today, you're going to hear from a really interesting division this year. It was not too top heavy, like as in the teams at the top were juggernauts. The teams at the bottom just weren't very good. You had the story of the Brewers collapsing. You had the Cardinals, you know, picking it up through the season. And then you had the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Reds. How are we doing today, boys? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, are we going to do the outfit checks today? Are we keeping that going? Uh, it's up to you if you want them or not. Uh, I'm pretty proud of this Joe's uh, Italian Ice Shack shirt. On the back, it's a lot cooler. But, like, this is what I'm rocking with today. Stamps, what you got? I got to show some Natitude hoodie. I clearly showed that yesterday in our episode. If you missed that, better go check it out. Um, yeah, no, uh, a Notre Dame play like a champion today shirts. All right. I got my Ellie Dodgers t-shirt, just a nice little, little muscle t-shirt. Just get, get the, get the armpits going, you know, keeping it, keeping it loose. All right. So kicking it off, we head to St. Louis where you have the St. Louis Cardinals. So, what do you guys think about this Cardinal season? I think that they had a young core, and I feel like they definitely had standards to live up to. But I, I didn't, I didn't have the winning the division. I had the Brewers winning the division, um, and we'll get into that more when we talk about the Brewers. But I was expecting this Cards team to be like maybe a ninety win team, but um, they like, but it's they kind of did impress in the sense that. You got two MVP performances, uh, one that no one expected. No one expected Paul Goldschmidt to be so good. And Nolan Arenado coming back and proving that the Coors effect is uh, sometimes a myth, I guess. You know, it, it's interesting to see how everything seemed to fire at the same time with the Cardinals. I, with that being said, I will say that the trade deadline was a bit underwhelming uh, and the playoff performance was mediocre at best. Um. You know, when you trade away the only bat that seemed to do something in the postseason in Harrison Bader and get two maybe B-level pitchers in Jordan Montgomery and Quintana, it's not like I can rate them that good, but it, 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 was, a, it was a good season for the Cardinals. Uh, Aiden, what do you got on that? No, I think they I, – I had them, you know, fighting for the division. Um, and I, 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 I had them, I think, I believe, kind of around this, you know, picture. Uh, but – I didn't have Goldschmidt winning the MVP. I didn't have, um, you know, Arenado, you know, batting as well as he did. That I mean, that is ten straight Gold Gloves for Nolan Arenado, which is insane. Yeah, I had him at ninety-one and seventy-one, so I definitely had them, you know, fighting up for that division, um, but not in the way I thought. I thought maybe you know everybody else would kind of chip in a little more. It'd be a equal fight. Um, but I mean, Goldschmidt and Arenado carried their way this season. Uh, the definitely the story of this Cardinals team was Paul Goldschmidt, without a doubt. He was a driving force the whole season. I don't really know if he ever stopped hitting the baseball. He, from start to finish, was an all-around great player. We all had him as our MVPs, I think, or at least the majority of us did. Um. This for this this past season, Nolan Arenado again, like Aiden said, ten straight Gold Gloves. Not much more you can really talk about like that. He's up there with a name like Ichiro Suzuki. Uh, he throughout the, the season, 
they were good. You had the Albert Pool host, Yadi Amarlina, Adam Wainwright kind of farewell tour, which I think kind of headed this team, but they just couldn't show up in the playoffs, and that was really unfortunate to see. Looking back at my preseason predictions, I had the Cardinals second. I think a lot of us really looked at this team, and you're like, yeah, the bats are there, the defense is there. It's just there's nothing really to the pitching rotation. And that kind of proved to be an issue this year. Like the starting pitching, you know, Michaelis and Wainwright were able to hit 190, 200 innings each. Uh, Wainwright, not to the quality that he was last year. And, you know, the Steven Matt signing, he was hurt for a while. And when he was there, he didn't pitch great. Uh, Flaherty wasn't healthy this whole year. And Matthew Libertor, when he came up, he wasn't that great. Uh, I had down, just as in my preseason predictions, that the MVP for the Cardinals would be Paul Goldschmidt. Looked pretty good. And the breakout would be Albert Pujols. Nice. We're not going to talk about who I had for Cy Young or most important. Those aren't important nowadays. But the breakout of Ryan Helsley as the closer of that bullpen was something really, really important to their success this year. And going off of that, I believe, Tom, you brought us into the rookies. Can you talk a little bit more just about like the influence, like people like Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, they had? I mean, they were just everyday players. And I mean, it's not even just the rookies this season. It was just the young core that they have. Um, Newt Bar, you got, um, you know, let me just, I mean, you can just look him up by now. Hold on. I have it if you need it. Like, yeah. Like Lars Newt what a guy. Such a great name as well. Um, you know, he's got a 788 OPS on the year, good for a 126 OPS plus. You know, that's really impressive, especially considering the fact that he plays in St. Louis, which is like always known for being a pitcher's park this year. It played. So of 100 is like, it doesn't favor either a batter or a pitcher. Below 100 would be favoring the pitcher. Above would be favoring a batter. The ballpark played to a 94. So it favored pitchers by 6%. And you still got guys putting up OPS pluses over 100. You have Brendan Donovan, who just went out and won a gold glove. Also a 126 OPS plus. Dolan Gorman, I don't think he was as exciting as we wanted him to be. I think he would have been a really big staple in a Juan Soto trade, which might have really helped in the postseason. But something that you have to worry about for Nolan Gorman is that he just strikes out a lot. Um, You know, and Tom, you like Tommy Edmond. Like, this guy had a pretty good breakout year for himself, not in the traditional manner of, you know, a big offensive season. But he put up a ton of defensive war, and that really helped him this year. I mean, yeah, this is a guy that can field behind you, and he's quick on the bases. I don't necessarily know if the Cardinals are like a number one stealing team in the league, but he's very fast and very efficient on the bases, um, which is why I think he's a really good like leadoff early in the lineup type guy. When you when you get him on base, he will he will steal. Um, and, and what what I was noticing just looking at the roster right now is the contrast between their pitching staff and the rest of the team. And I'm not saying that that, that, that like <clears throat> sorry the age difference is crazy. You got a very young core in the field. And yet your starting pitchers look like they're aged. Like, like you got Quintana, Montgomery, Wainwright. Um, I mean, who else we got? I mean, the closers are, are I mean, you got Michaelis too. The closer, Hesley. Yeah, Hesley. He's young. <laughs> He's young. Um, but it, it, you, don't, you don't win without good starting pitching. And Sure, they're 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 good, but they are not going to be good for very much longer. I don't think that they can continue uh, dominating the way they have been, just because age is going to catch up to them. And you you see it a little bit, you know. Um, but I will say, Michaelis did surprise me this season in in how good he pitched. Uh, I watched that almost no hitter live as 
that entire week had like three no hitter scares, but none of them were actually real no hitters. But th- this team is fun to watch, and I think looking forward for the Cardinals, I think building a good pitching staff would be the one thing that would, would push them over the edge. They they really look like a one hundred plus one team with a good starting pitching staff. Yeah, and no, Tom, you you said you know the age and how you know the lineup's young, the pitching you know isn't that too young. I I might be one of the few as a Nationals fan. I did like the Cardinals, you know, possible package. As a Cardinals fan, though, that like the young talent that you did not give up for one player, that's going to come back, and that is going to be so crucial for them in their future. Not, and I think it'll come back to show when Mason Wynn is a like. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say like an elite, like defensive shortstop, because um, and you know, um, second base, Gorman's, you know, doing his thing and this and that. Um, I think it's gonna come back to you know actually be good for them. That they didn't make that trade. Um, obviously it stings this season because they didn't make it far in the playoffs. But I think in the long term, you know, that trade is gonna um, work out. But no, definitely this off season they have to focus on pitching. I mean, you get that pitching down. They're going to look like a scary team next year. I definitely think they are one or two pieces away. I don't know. Who do they have to fill Yachty's place at catcher? Uh, this year it was Andrew Kitzner. Yeah, they, but he's... They said that they're going to go out and get one to two more pitchers. The manager came out and said, or the um, GM came out and said, we're going to go out and get one to two more catchers. Okay, Catchers or pitchers? But, catchers, sorry. Catchers. Because uh, I'm looking at their active roster, and Ivan Herrera's here. He's 22. And I had to keep and out on Andrew Neiser. Yeah, no, and I had to keep it, you know, somebody to keep a look on would be Wilson Contreras. That's know, fair. I, fill, that, is, that, that is something you know? I, I heard, so. but I Cubs fans around the world would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this is just an example of a really well-run organization. I think they're going to be a problem for a while. I mean, when you build a team like this, you kind of create your own dynasty. And I don't know if their postseason reflects how good they've been, but if they could eventually start to perform in September and October, um, I, I think that it, I think that it will actually start to show that they're 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 a force to be reckoned with, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. That's how you that's how you manage a team. I mean, even you look at 2019, they made it to the CS. I mean, did they get swept by the Nats? Yes. But I mean, that's just that Nats team was a team for, you know, for, for, you know, for destiny. And I just, you know, I don't think that playoff success is the problem. I just, this year, they had the pieces for the regular season, but not the pieces for the playoffs, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That so, um, no, like, they they tried to address the starting pitching concerns without spending as much as possible. Like they really could have gone out and gotten an A list starter this trade deadline in either Luis Castillo or what would have been Frankie Montas, even though we know that didn't end great. Um, but getting Jordan Montgomery, I think, was a really underrated move at the time. Like obviously, it did cost Harrison Bader, but we knew that he wasn't going to provide much value to them in the regular season throughout the year. And it was sort of a time where they hadn't clinched the division. They had a sizable lead on the Brewers, but they really needed the starting pitching to carry them into the postseason. And they also got Jose Quintana, which honestly wasn't a bad move, and it really paid off. He was really good down the stretch, and he started game one for them against the Phillies. Went five and a third scoreless. It's just in the end, the bats didn't show up. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I I will say the Quintana trade, 
definitely looked better in my eyes than the Montgomery Bader trade. Um, I mean, just that's just basing off of what we already know. We we saw Bader tear it up in the postseason, and he, I mean he's he's having a great time. You know, he's in New York. He's from New York, I think, right? He grew yeah, up there. Yeah, right above. Right above. So I mean, he he it's it's probably better for Harrison Bader, but as a team, as an organization, you just traded away one of the best fielding center fielders in the game, who is an awfully streaky player who can make the difference in a postseason like that. So I don't know if I necessarily think it's a good move yet, um, but maybe it'll pay off in the future. Well, you you traded Bader, but at the same time, when you traded Bader, he wasn't healthy. He's he, you know he 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 when he hit New York, you know, then he finally you know got you know like kind of went uphill, um, played the AAA, they called him up, and then obviously he was a big name in the playoffs, but you can't predict Beta's going to go out and be, you know, have the most home runs to the, to the, 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 to the division series. That's not something that you can, you know, predict. Um, so at the time, I think it was a good trade. Obviously, you know, for the playoffs, they could have used a bat like him, but even in St. Louis, He's not going to hit five home runs in the playoffs to however many he did. He's just not going to. Um, something that yeah. you're also doing is like you're doing an even swap of contracts. Like they're both arbitration <laughs> eligible for one more year. And the Cardinals, Harrison Bader in a regular, like in a normal season, besides last year in 2021, he looked pretty good. This year he didn't. Um, he's not going to be a fantastic bat. He's going to be a near league average bat with really above average defense. And they had people who could replace him. And so I really think, you know, they have people who can replace him. And they also have other players that are going to come up in a year or two, like Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. And Tommy Edmonds showed that he could play a really good center field if they needed him to. Because um, you also have to find a spot for Nolan Gorman if that comes into the situation. A pretty good situation to be in. Where I don't think Harrison Bader was losing that bad in the grand scheme of things. Because you do have Jordan Montgomery for another year, who's going to be like a pretty good front line, like number two starter. Yeah, I, I have a question just about some someone that – I mean, I want to highlight this. Um, what happened to Tyler O'Neill? I mean, this is a guy who hit 34 home runs last season. Um, I just, I'm just curious what what happened to uh, his, his success. He was really injury-plagued, and he was someone who relies on, like, building off of previous successes. And, like, last year he started getting better and better. And as you if you look at his, like – monthly splits last year like he built up as the season went on like his best months were august and september and this year since he was getting injured so much like he couldn't really get into that rhythm where he kept growing and he kind of just stayed behind there yeah with that being said do you think that he he comes back next season i don't think to the degree he did last year like last year was like an anomaly i think for a player of his stature like he's a 6-2 big canadian man or i don't even think he's 6-2 to be honest um He's five eleven. He's like, yeah, no, he's not. He's like 5'9". Um, I'm, I'm looking at his baseball reference. He's 5'11". Yeah, but no, like that's me saying I'm 5'11". Um, but he's like big, strong Canadian man. Like that build's not the best for baseball. I think that it, he'll be better. I think he'll find a mean between the two of those. I think maybe like an 800 OPS, 30 bombs, maybe some swipes in there as well. Yeah, he's definitely quick on the bases. Um, yeah, I, I think if they're going to have a successful season next year, I think more pieces than just um, Goldschmidt and Arenado, you know, need to come, you know, to fruition. And, um, and I, I think they have to make a couple moves um, in our free agency. But I don't think they have to make a big splash, you know, and go out and sign one of those, um, one of those, like, top, top free agents. Yeah, um, I, I can see you guys, that. You guys ready for some grades? 
Yeah, man. Yeah, Report dude. card. Report card. All right, Tom, lead us off with these with your grade for these Cardinals. Um, I gave them an A, and I, I, I give them an A because, similar to the video we talked about in the, pra- the past, the regular season success just completely overshadows their, their postseason failure. And I think this season, I know this is an MLB recap, but if you look down at the minor leagues, you see these players that are going to be coming up in the next few years. It's, it's, it's quite frankly terrifying. Um, you know, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn are, are not very uh, pleasing to look at as, a, as, a, as another baseball fan. You know, I don't, I don't like, I don't know. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a painful couple of years coming up with the uh, Cardinals and the future that they have. So uh, just, just basing it off of that, I give them an A. Easy. I, I mean, they had a good season, right? But again, you your how you grade is different than how I grade, right? You, you, you prioritize regular season success. I prioritize their postseason success. And throughout the season, they came back, they had, and they made that run uh, and passed the Brewers for the NL Central title. And they just flamed out every season. It's the same story with the Cardinals, I feel. They always, oh, they it's always, backwards again. They always it's... flame out um, every, every season. And it's just upsetting to watch year after year after year. Wait, this is my right hand. Wait, this is right. <laughs> this is El Stabs. I no, it, no, it doesn't. It's backwards. Yeah, it's backwards. You is have really? yes. My screen isn't reversed. Then I, I'm not stupid. I swear. You know, Aiden, just take a picture. Take a picture. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm on the fence between a B plus and an A minus. Um, I'm gonna give them an A minus for one reason. Now, this might sound really dumb. I think if they got Soto, I think it would have been a and they and they if they got Soto and they didn't make you know, any progress in the playoffs, I think they would have been um, a B plus. But I just, I like that they kept that young core together. Tom just said it perfectly. They're going to be dangerous in the future. Um, and this season, I mean, they won the division. I I don't know many people who thought that they were going to win the division. I think it might have been a 75-25, maybe 70-30 for them and Brewers. Um, but, you know, they came out. I do think the Brewers might have, you know, helped them a little bit and handed it down to them. Um, and we'll talk about that soon. But, uh, yeah, A-. minus. Yeah, I think that, you know, this wasn't a fantastic team. I think it was a good baseball team. And if I'm grading it to scale of what they were supposed to be, I had them as an 86-win team and they ended up winning 93. But I think a lot of it isn't necessarily the fact that they were – better than everyone thought they would be is that the Brewers were worse and they were able to capitalize on that. Um, overall, I still think you're like a pretty good season. Like they had some good hot stretches. It's just at no point was I scared of the Cardinals. It was always like, you know what? They're kind of winning in a meh division. So I got to give them a B plus for that. So like a fine grade, it's just not to the degree of like an A minus A. Yeah, no, I, fair point, yeah. Um, so with that, you know, the Cardinals win the division, but you can't win the division without the Brewers selling, you know, literally they traded away Josh Hader. You know, they didn't get the big bat that we thought that we were promised all year long. And this is a team that lives and dies by their pitching. Their pitching was good this year, but their bats just weren't excellent. 
Like they weren't amazing. And you know, at the end, how the Brewers were really pushing for that final wild card spot. It was a battle of them and the Phillies of who could lose more. And it ended up being the Brewers who lost more. They couldn't make the playoffs. And something that you really have to look at just immediately is that after they traded Josh Hader away, the bullpen, the bullpen blew 15 saves. Aiden, what do you think about that? Man, I, I have a connection with the Brewers, so I like the Brewers. They're one of my favorite teams in the NL. But man, oh man, did they. I mean, that deadline, trading away Hater, I honestly might have been the dumbest thing they could have done that season. I, I know he's going to hit free agency and they, they don't want to pay him. But if you keep Hater, you make the playoffs. I think it's that simple. How, do you know how many games they blew after they traded Hater? I just I said mean, they blew 15. He just said that. He, he, just, he just said that. 15, he said? Yes. Holy cow. I'm, I didn't hear that. 15 games. I mean, even if you just blow half of those, get in the playoffs. You know, you're accusing. It, uh, it, it pains me. It does. But, Tom, what, what, what are your thoughts on this collapse mainly? Can can someone pull up my my prediction for the Brewers? Because this was my hot take. I can take. pull it up. I'll get it. I'll get it. This was my hot take that the Brewers would have one of the best records in all of MLB. Um, I really thought that with such a like a three headed monster with um with you know the the starting pitchers and the the best closing duo of all time, uh, not like of all time, but like in the in the league right now, along with a decent lineup hitting wise, I didn't. I didn't think that there was a chance that they wouldn't crack 100 wins. Stavis, you got my you got my number. Uh, you had them at 102 and 60. Yeah, I thought they were gonna crack 100. I mean, this is a team who I thought had a great front office. I mean, they fleeced. I like using that word. They fleeced the the White Sox. I mean, the Red Sox and got Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr., who literally like like forgot how to play baseball after that. You got a breakout season from Rowdy Telez. You got Willie Adames, who figured out a hit down there in Milwaukee. And you have, I thought Yelich would come back and be a little bit more effective. But this is a team like Colton Wong, Keston Hira. I thought those two would have bounce. I thought, well, I thought Hira would have a bounce back season. He definitely had a down season last season. I was expecting a, a good comeback. I was expecting the bats to wake up a little bit. And I knew that the Brewers had some young players lined up like Garrett Mitchell, who I thought honestly would be called up earlier in the season, um, not in the last month. But it, it was a little – no, I'm saying Hero, Hero was good, but he was not how, as good as he was before um, pre, pre-2020. COVID hit, and he, he kind of forgot. He kind of collapsed. And this, this deadline train reminds me of that one meme where it's like we have this at home. Taylor Rogers is just the Walmart version of Josh. He's like just just worse. He he he's tall, leggy, lefty left-handed closer, who's just not as good as Josh Hader. And then they traded for Denelson Lamette, who I honestly thought, just judging by the fact that the Brewers are excellent at developing pitching, I thought they would make Denelson Lamette into a star. I was like, this is genius. They're, they have, this is a project. I like the Brewers front office for doing this. And then they dropped him the next day. And I was like, what, what was this for? And 
I, now what I what I once respected as an organization, I now have no idea what their intentions are. You know, and I really thought that this was one of the one of the best runs organizations in the league. Um, I don't know what you guys think on that, but I, I was pretty sure that. They didn't necessarily like, drop Lamet. Their goal was to try and get him into the minor leagues, and it's just because they didn't have enough roster space for him, and and that the Rockies claimed him. Um, and if the Rockies are claiming someone, you know that means it passed by a lot of teams before it got to them. Um, so I think the Brewers were like really hoping that that would actually work. Um, I think something that we just have to accept that was really disappointing is that just Christian Yelich isn't the same anymore. Like he had those, he had twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, where he was one of the best players in baseball. He just hasn't been the same since fouling that ball off of his knee, which is like, it's a real disappointment, but it's just an unfortunate truth that we kind of have to accept. Um, you know, uh, Tom, you brought up that uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. trade for Hunter Renfro, and it's just looking better. Like Hunter Renfro had a great year. Like, what, yeah. yeah, like OPS over 800, like just like a cannon for an arm, pretty good defense. Like he was one, he was probably the best bat in that lineup outside of Rowdy Telez. And something that I think, like needs to happen next year, which we'll get into a little bit is Luis Arias needs to be playing every day. Like the dude had a really good season for himself and the brewers that are a team that are struggling for offense in some ways, like you need to have your best guys on the field whenever you can, especially in a situation where you're competing for a wild card and you just missed the playoffs. Like you need your best of the best on the field. Um, something I do want to highlight about this team is how good their pitching was though. Like again, like Corbin Burns, not to the degree he was last year, but still he's an ace. Um, and so do you have thoughts about that pitching? Um, well, no, not really, but, um, just overall their season was, it was a letdown as we've all said over and over again, but I don't think, cause at the time of the Taylor Rogers trade, it was Josh Hader who was first in everything out of the pen for Taylor Rogers, who was second in everything. Those were the two main pieces in the trade. Right. And then. You added in Denilson, uh, Lamette, and then they still got two prospects out of that trade. They got Robert Gasser and Estuary Ruiz, who will they amount to anything? We will find out. But Robert Gasser is an amazing name for a pitcher. I just want to point that out. Um, their season was a letdown through and through. Everyone expected them to win, and it was just it's just such a shame because this Brewers organization is they're running out of time. I don't think they have a very big window left at all. Yeah. And something that's about Estrella Ruiz real quick on the 2080 scale, he grades that as a 10 for his power. Like, I think he's got as much power as like a freshman on JV. Like he, he slaps the ball around and that's really about it. Yeah. I I, I like Gasser. I do. I think, you know, he'll come, you know, he'll come to, come to the majors and you know really i think he'll probably you know be recognized as <laughs> as you know like the, one of the main pieces in that trade um yeah he he will gas it um but I, another thing i you know i think they're gonna not blow it up because i don't think that'd be smart they're just gonna like kind of you know what the nationals were doing for a bit Trade some pieces, get some new ones back. I think there's going to be a lot of new faces next year, but I think they're still going to be competitive and fighting for that division. Um, they need some contact bats in that lineup. Uh, I think uh, just you have all these big power names in this lineup, and I think you need some. You need those contact bats at least, you know, to 
two of them this offseason to really, you know, get on base for those power guys. So if, you know, if they can get on, they, you know, <clears throat> those home runs count more than one run, or, you know, two runs here. All right, Steph, start us off. What you got? Oh, you don't want me to start. Uh, I had him in the C minus. It's just oh, they're. My- their overall collapse was just so disheartening. You can't say, oh, God, because we've all sat here and just trashed on them the whole season. We all oh, no, I gave said it yourself. No, I oh, you gave him a worse grade? grade? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, it's just they had a terrible season. Not anything as bad as the Rockies or, or the Nationals, right? But just their overall collapse was terrible. And you can't – as an organization that's supposed to be uh, contending – for your championship, you can't have a collapse like that. Um, I agree. Like, I think we all had such high expectations for this Brewers team. Like, we really thought the law firm of Woodruff and Burns would be really important. And it was. It, they were They were good. Devin Williams was good. It's just, you had this. You had the pinnacle. You were at the top, and you played to the bottom of the ladder. You were the first rung of that ladder. You were supposed to be the team that went into the playoffs. You might have been the three seed, but you were supposed to do damage in the playoffs. You were supposed to make a run for the World Series. Like I think there were a couple of people who had the Brewers making the World Series, possibly winning it with their pitching rotation. The bats didn't show up. We didn't get a good bat. They got rid of Josh Hader, the best left-handed reliever, if not the best reliever in the National League and the MLB, or and MLB, excuse me. It's just a disappointment, and that's why I gave him a D plus. Yeah, I wasn't far from you. Uh, me, you, uh, I got a D. That's the lowest I can give without an F. I was, oh, no. I said, um, either way, I gave the Brewers the D, A, a D, and, um, and I think that I think that the front office, I, I hate how some front offices are, are, are run. I don't understand. You know, when you, when you finesse a team like the Red Sox, and you pull off all of these stunts to get really good, like a really good team behind you. I just don't know how you let that slide. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm giving them. Yeah, okay. Uh, Amy, what do you got on this? A C minus. It could have been. It could have been a D plus. It could have. I just there's so many questions about just not just this season, but also going into this off season and going into next season of what they're gonna do. Obviously, they missed the playoffs, which you missed the playoffs. Jeez. But, uh, I mean, the, there's too many questions for me to give them anything better than a C-. And I, we all give them less than a C-, you know, rightfully rightfully so. But how many wins did they get? 86. 86? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were seven games back. Yeah, they won 86 games and they got all C minuses or worse. That might be a record. Not necessarily. I mean, they're only one game behind the Phillies for the wild well, it's card. All, it's all perspective. I mean, obviously, if like the Cincinnati well, Reds exactly. won 86 games, then yes. But if you have a, a team that's like rumored to make the World Series, then 86 games, it, it's all relative to how, how much talent you have on the team. And when you have that much talent, 86 wins is, is very underwhelming. I'm, I'm telling you that. No, and and I agree, and I think if they kept Hater, they look at honestly ninety ninety five wins and pushing, you know, for the um, you making a deep run. In my opinion, if they don't trade Hater, I think but, I disagree with you there a little bit. Just 
briefly. Um, because you have to remember when they traded him, he was in the worst slump of his career. Yeah, that's true. And, and then took, he and he he kept that really too. Right yeah, away. and it took him a month to figure it out. Like it ended up being that his release point was off, and there had to be some mental issues considering like there is issues yeah. with his wife's pregnancy. But like you have to think there's still gonna be that interval where he was still going to be really bad, and I don't think that gets him to that ninety win team. I just could well, see I mean, ninety, I, mean, I couldn't see. I was about 95. to say, yeah, I was about to say, like when I say ninety ninety five. They at eighty six. After he left, they blew fifteen games. You think if he's at least pitching in those games, he at least saves a four of those, right? I mean, so I I know he's in a slump, but even with okay, maybe he doesn't get all fifteen. He gets ten to twelve. I mean, I think he can still save at least four of those games. You know, get them to a ninety one team. I I think with him, you make the playoffs. We're gonna talk about the Cubs now. Uh, they had a season. It wasn't. Anything special? I think they kind of outperformed what all of us expected. I think we all kind of expected them to be bottom two. And they were by far they were they were better than the Reds easily and the Pirates. So it was shocking to me to see the Cubs play this well, um, especially after the deadline that they had last season, getting rid of guys like like Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez. And this year, the big thing was Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. What were they going to do? What was going to happen with them? Trade deadline comes and goes, and they were still Cubs. So this upcoming offseason is going to be very pivotal. We're going to have to see what they're going to do with them, or are they just going to let them walk, which is going to be very, very fun to see. But a big point I wanted to talk about was Seiya Suzuki, their rookie that they had coming out of Japan. And he played well, not anything special, not rookie of the year by far, anything. But he did get a couple votes from us uh, for rookie of the year. Um, and what what do you guys think about the Cubs season? Um, I mean, Stubbs, while I'm talking, keep pulling my prediction. But I, yeah, I, I got you. I, I, I see a lot more talent on this team than I would have thought. I mean, whether you want to consider it a breakout season or not, I would say Nico Horner and Morell are both breakout seasons for both for those two. Um, you got good production from Stroman, not like crazy, but and I mean Patrick Wisdom probably struck out 850 times. Um, I mean this team's not like for for a team that I honestly thought would have lost like 100 games. I, I don't. I, they, they kind of impressed me. Um, I will say the trade the, the trade deadline was a little bit underwhelming. I was expecting them to trade Contreras and Hap. And that was a little disappointing. I feel like you could have gotten a lot more value. Um, they have a decent farm system, but not is it, is it is it a top farm system, Brad? It's not like a crazy it's deal, right? Not that great, to be honest. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Isn't no. it? Is it above average? Uh, I'll I'll get that for probably. you real quick. Okay, uh, yeah. Tom, you're you had them at seventy two and ninety, so you had them going only two games worse than what they actually did. Damn, I, I'm really good at this, man. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like I feel like there's a lot of yeah, hundred and two win brewers, but hey. Hey, hey, they let me down. Um, I think I think the pickup of Fran Reyes, at least for the weeks, uh, a couple weeks after that, he, he did cool down. But I think I think that was a great, as you say, 10th, Brad. Yeah, I, I think that Fran Reyes was probably one of the best moves that that front office made that season. I think he wasn't like a big difference maker, but he was definitely a bat in the lineup that could hit. And he, I mean, he, 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 came, he came out of – I didn't think that the Guardians would drop him. Um, so I think it caught me off guard that they got him. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not like an average cub watcher, but um, I, I, on the games I tuned into, it wasn't the most entertaining thing. And I honestly think that they have a couple more years in a in a rebuild. Do you guys would you guys consider this a rebuild? Because they're not really trading away no, those pieces. Yet. I, I I think so, and I think they need to fully commit to the rebuild. And I think that's what they should have done at the deadline. I am Tom. You said it perfectly. I'm disappointed in what they did at the deadline. I think with Hap and Contreras, both of them should have been gone. Um, but I, I don't think we're I don't think we're talking about Nico Horner enough. Uh, he he had, I mean, could you call this a breakout season? Uh, by the style of play he has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ten home runs. Um, and you know, is, I mean, he's not a power bat, but I mean, he was putting the ball in play. Um, I think he batted two eighty nine, which you know isn't bad at all for, for Nico. Um. And it's just it's just these names for the Cubs kind of kept them, you know, better than obviously the bottom two teams. I had them at 84 wins, I believe. So yeah, I was a little more high on these Cubs just because of Contreras and because of Hap, and I, I thought they were going to do more work than they did. Um, but I'm disappointed by not only this season, but the deadline mainly. Brad, what, what would you think on so? Also not a huge Cubs person here, but I went into the season thing they'd be 80 and 82. Um, I don't see the Cubs as much of a losing organization anymore. Like obviously like before this whole world series run, like the, the improbable team, like definitely like the losing Cubs, but this year was really the first year that they played without, you know, the core of that world series team. Like Bryant was gone. Rizzo was gone. Schwarber was gone. The only one left was Wilson Contreras. Um, and I thought that uh, the reason I thought this team would be pretty good is they had a couple rookies coming up that I thought were going to be pretty good in the bullpen, mainly Scott Efros, who isn't even with the organization anymore. Um, but I thought that with a combination of Contreras, Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ, and um, Say Suzuki, to be honest, that this would have been a pretty good lineup. And I think they, were, I thought that they were going to really feast on the really bad teams in that division. And I was really going to boost their record to make them uh, look like a better team than they actually were. Um, something that I had thought would be that like a Kyle Hendricks, you know, kind of like redemption season was coming, but he spent a lot of this season on the IL and Marcus Stroman, the signing, I'm still trying to figure out, like he wasn't as good as we thought there was. Yeah. Ian, ha- Ian Happ was there. Um, uh, I, I, I forgot to mention his name. Like I did think he was going to be a pivotal part, yeah. but I will think he will be interesting this off season. Um, and like one of the reasons they didn't trade Contreras and App is like their hope to extend him, but it's going to look even worse if this offseason goes and then they're with different organizations. Um, but they're really hurting themselves by not declaring a rebuild. They're kind of they're doing a better version of what the Rockies are doing by like still trying to win a couple games, but just not fully entering a rebuild, but still trying to get those new pieces at the same time. I, I mean, you look. I saw a picture late in the season. I went to Cubs game on um, this season. But Chicago is an amazing just sports city. You know, at the point they had 70 wins, the season was completely over. Late in the, late in the season, they had a sellout at a 12 o'clock game midseason, you know, later in the season, a sellout, even though they suck. So I think, you know, we talked about the Mets and how – when the Mets are good, baseball is good. I think I'm going to bring the Cubs into that conversation too. 
when the Cubs are good, I think it's better for baseball. I think those are the two of the, two of the better team, you know, bigger teams that just need to be good for baseball to be, you know, really good. Yeah, and I I think that I think that when you were talking about the fact that you thought they were gonna, I think we said eighty four games. Yeah, eighty four. You can't. I the thing that the thing that this Cubs team proves is that you need you need stars on both sides of the field. Um, you know, you got Contreras, you got Hap, you got Madrigal. And Madrigal's not crazy, but um, you got Horner, you got. I mean, you have a decent team on paper, but. I, I can name three pitchers from the staff. This is probably one of the most unknown staffs. I mean, I don't watch the Cubs, but, like, this is Wade Miley, Drew Smiley. They sound similar. And Marcus Stroman. I don't recognize a single – another one of those names on the list. Maybe Adrian Sampson. But uh, other than that, I don't recognize – yeah, and even that. Like, what – like, these are these are guys I've never heard before. I don't I don't see it like a team winning without star power on both sides. And – you see teams like the Brewers who have amazing pitching but no hitting. This is the other side of it, and they're seeing similar results. Not not incredibly similar, but they're still losing. You know, and it's not like basketball. It's not like NBA where you can have one player that makes all the difference. Having two stars in, in Wilson Contreras and he and a half is useless to a team in, in the sense that you won't win with just those two there. Um, so, yeah. Um, I was definitely – a guy that we have not really talked about at all uh, is is Christopher Morrill. Uh, he had a very good season, very good showing. Um, and, yes, I know I said it, and I do want me to restart it, Brad. A guy we definitely need to talk about more was Christopher Morrell. Uh, he had a great season through and through. Uh, one of the guys that um, I heard his name, and it, for a Cubs organization that was kind of – we say rebuild and stuff like that, but they kind of weren't, I think they're trying to retool more than rebuild. And if they have a good off season and free agency, uh, he's going to, they're going to have, I think they're going to be somewhat competitive in this lackluster NL central next season. Right. We've talked about it. Uh, Trey Turner is a name that's kind of been brought up with the Cubs, which wouldn't make sense to me, but if they pay him and he wants to get paid more than win, Chicago might be the place for me. Uh, Morel batted 235 though this season, which is amazing. He had uh, 16 home runs, 47 RBIs, uh, 10 swipes. Uh, that's very, it's it's good for a guy like that um, coming in, being young and playing well. Um, and a pitcher we didn't talk about was was Albert Alzali. He had a great season. Um, nothing really to write home about. Uh, didn't really play in that many games. I think he was hurt for majority of the season, but. When he did pitch, uh, he he played well. Um. So, one thing that I look back on is the 2021 trade for Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell. And every day, the trade just looks better and better for the Chicago Cubs, like and worse and worse for the Chicago White Sox. Like, first of all, they got Kimbrell and he was horrible last year, and then they traded Kimbrell to the Dodgers for AJ Pollock this year, and AJ Pollock wasn't good for them. So it's just looking like this the acquisition of Nick Madrigal was a really good move for the Cubs, even though he wasn't able to play as much this year, like the speedy contact, like dynamic that they're starting to build is actually going to be really interesting to see how it plays over time with this rebuilding team. Absolutely. Um, and I think who's the young guy, uh, Crow Armstrong, is that what his name is? Uh, Sean Crow uh, Armstrong. Yeah. He, he's fast too. Um, I think Aiden, are you right, man? I was muted, but yeah, Pete Crow Armstrong. 
Yeah, he, he's he's something. I mean, they have a they have a decent. I think better than you credit the Brad farm system. I I think that they would have a top five farm system. You said they were average. They're I top, I, I said above that, average. No, no, no ten. That's what I'm telling you. Um, I'm saying, but like th- they would be top five if if they were trading their stars. And do you think that that, that owners? like in quotations, owe it to the fans to go out every year and try and win games. Like, cause I feel like that's the only thing that's holding teams back from doing things like the Reds and the Nats have done, you know? And I, I feel like that's what the mentality of the Rockies organization is. What the Red, what this organization is, you know, is it, would you guys think that? I, I just think they need to, they need to show the fans that they got to pick a direction. You know, I think the fans, if you just keep on doing this for another five years, the fans are going to be mad at going, you know, about 500 every year. You either have to bowl it up and say, hey, we got all these young guys, you know, we're excited about the future to go, you know, watch them like the Nats just did. Or you have to just buy, you know, everything. Going, you know, going to free agency, which I think would be dumb, but going to free agency, you know, get yourself some star players. Um, don't, you know, re-sign Contreras and happen these guys, um, which, uh, like I said, I think would be dumb. I think you have to rebuild, but you have to show the fans some direction. I, I give them a whopping C. They did exactly what I thought they were going to do, except for trade the big pieces. I I think that's why I got to put them as a C. I think their end goal is to obviously get back to the position they were a couple years ago, um, and they're not there right now. And they won't be until they, they start to realize that they need to get into a rebuild. And I feel like the front office was a little dodgy with that. So I can't give them anything better than a C. Um, I was, for the first time ever, I think we might have agreed on a grade. I was right there with you at a C. I think they could have done more, but their season wasn't a failure Bad. at all. By, by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think their season was a failure. I think it was a good season. They just needed to trade those pieces. They didn't. Now they got to hope they re-sign them, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit more pessimistic than you guys. I went with a C-. minus. Um, I just thought that, like, really not trading at the trade deadline hurt them a lot. I know those guys are, like, hometown guys, and you want to keep the crowd interested. You want to, like, let them believe that there's some ounce of hope, but there wasn't. And you're setting yourself back a little bit more. Again, especially if you guys, if you don't get those guys this off season, like it's just more money that they're going to have to spend. Um, and I think it's going to hurt them in the long run. So I got to give them a little bit of a downgrade from you guys. And that's a C minus. No, I'm absolutely with you. I have a C minus as well. And I think, uh, honestly, there was no C for me with them. I think it's a C minus. If they traded their guys, it was a C plus. I'm, I'm skipping C. I just... It, that it, that's how much that like I'm not gonna say meant to me because I I don't it's, I don't care for the Cubs, but I just this off season they really need to pick you know which direction they're gonna go in. Um, that's the Cubs. What about the Cincinnati Reds? Brad. Uh, they were a baseball team. I think the issue with this team is it really just felt like a lot of names in the lineups that were just placeholders. Like you had people like Kyle Farmer, Aristides Aquino, Donovan Solano, Mike Moustakas, and Nick Senzel. Like those are like Mike Moustakas nowadays, like kind of just a placeholder until someone better comes along. Um, but like this team, they, they, they sold before the season. Like they got rid of Winker. 
you know, they got rid of Suarez. They sold Castillo in the middle of the season and, and they got rid of Tyler Molly at the trade deadline as well. Like they got rid of their really big pieces. Castellano opted out. Um, and as a result of all that, they just weren't good. And it's as simple as it comes to like, they're a team that is rebuilding and they did a really good job of getting the prospects that they needed to get. Yeah. I, um, let's keep in mind to start the season through the first 25 games, they won three. Um, I thought they were going to break the all-time record. I thought they were going to lose like 120 games or something. I mean, I don't know what the record is, but I, I really thought this would be like one of the worst teams of all time. And I'm not saying they pulled it together, but um, they really, this similar to the Nats, for what it was, for what the season goal in mind, I, I don't think they did horrible because at the beginning of the season, before the season started, they were ranked 15th in uh farm system. And after the season, right now, they're ranked fourth. Um, they did exactly what they were supposed to do this season. They're supposed to be bad and move up in the farm ranking. And now they have a very good team. And that trade for Castillo, they got a lot in return. I mean, don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. The Mariners won um, just because they got immediate like rewards. But who knows, in the next couple of years, we see a lot of those big-name players come up. Um, and they have – not only just quality of players, but they have quantity now. They have a lot of players in that system. Um, so I'm pretty high on the, the Reds. I do think they sold too early. I think with with how how good they were and how much of a team they had around them two years ago, I don't think they was ready. I don't think it was time to sell, but uh, they put their foot down. It's over. Um, and I think that they're set for the next couple of years. They definitely well, need to make they need to make something out of this team. They have a couple names. They have Hunter Green. They have Jonathan India, right? But they don't have they and they just they need to develop more. And I think they did that. They got the pieces that they needed to do that with. Um, it'll it's just gonna take time, and I think they're gonna need to trade away more pieces. I think there are, like Brad was saying, there's kind of this, those placeholders guys like Mike Mustakis and Joey Votto. It, it might be time to see Joey Votto in another uniform. Never. Um, I I kind of disagree with that just because of his age. Like Joey Votto, Retired. he was he was hurt and really couldn't play <laughs> this year, and I think that the reason that he didn't finish out the season and got the shoulder surgery was so that he could get like have one last stand, like give it one last go, have one hopefully for his sake, good final season. And then, you know, right off like to ride off into the sunset. But you mentioned Hunter Green and Jonathan India. Like I think they're this team's so young. Like Hunter Green led the team with 125 innings pitched. Um and he struck out so many batters, but his the shape on his fastball is just so poor. Like it got punished. It got pummeled all over the yard and Jonathan India really took like a huge step backwards from his rookie of the year campaign last year. He was one of the worst hitters in baseball. Like his Woba on four seamers last year, like what he really did his damage on was 473. And this year was still a respectable 391, but you can just see like how even on his best things, he regressed a ton. Um, And he's a piss poor defender. So he's not hitting. Then like, there's not any value there with him. You know, back to Joey Votto. I think, Brad, I think you're right. I think he needs to go out and say, hey, this is my final season. Give it one last, you know, swing around. And then go into uh, – I would not mind to see him go somewhere into coaching. 
for, for these Reds, you know, not saying something like Ross did with the Cubs and, you know, take over as the manager, but just somewhere as maybe just a guy in the locker room, you know, for these young guys, because this is going to be a young team for some time to come up. Just somewhere for these young guys to, you know, they have a question and they have this, that, that he's there, you know, almost like an advisor for the team. Um, but they said they were going to go in there and, you know, obviously they sold. And this this is a perfect example of a rebuild, a successful rebuild so far. I mean, like like Tom said, you went from 15th, I think he said, to 4th in, in, you know, in the prospect rankings, which is amazing in one season. Um, so they're definitely headed in the right direction. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do in these next upcoming years. Yeah, and boosting that farm system, it was really important that Brendan Jury and Tommy Pham had, like, good enough seasons. Like, Brendan Jury had his career year when he was with the Reds, and I was able to get him traded to the Padres, get a little, little package in return, nothing huge. But also sending Tommy Pham to the Red Sox, which was surprising that the team would actually buy Tommy Pham. We can get into the Red Sox offseason later in in these recaps, but just or the Red Sox regular season, but being able to actually deal off someone like Tommy Pham, even after the whole fantasy football incident, um, <laughs> like just the Reds capitalized on the opportunities that they had present, um, especially with that, like the breakout of what will be Nick Lodolo. Like he struggled at first and then he like really settled in down the stretch. Like he's someone I wouldn't be surprised having a three, two ERA next year, like a really good campaign, maybe like 160 innings, three, two ERA. And then brother of Edwin, Alexis Diaz, good reliever, like his brother, similar motion, probably going to produce same results. Um, Yeah. Let's go grades real quick. Um, Let's see. What did I give them? I gave them a C. Um, I think mixing in their goals and their regular season success, I think the best I can give them is a C. I think I can raise it to a C plus though, just because it, it seemed to work for them. I don't know. The fact that Drury did well and everything seemed to fall into place really got their pieces together. Um, and they, they fixed their farm system. Uh, they made it better at least. Um, but yes, that's what you think about this. I'm going to let Aiden go next. Okay. No, I think it's a C plus just because it, you know, we knew that they were gonna suck. Obviously, this isn't this isn't a good team, um, but it's it's huge to me that they got the farm system from fifteenth to fourth. I, I I think I think that's huge. You know, into giving it a C plus, and I think it's that simple for me. Brad, what are your thoughts? I also agree with the C plus. Like the baseball on the field. Like honestly, you know, you mentioned that uh, like three and twenty two start or whatever. They still didn't finish out great, but, you know, they played like 400 ball for the rest of the season after that, which isn't good. Don't get me wrong there, but that's still a lot better than they were on pace for. Um, But the most important thing is they really did retool the farm system. And so that earns a C plus for me. Uh, For me, I had them. I think I had them the highest. Uh, I had them rated a B minus. The only reason I had them in that low B tier was they won more games than I think anyone expected after 25 games, which, yeah, that happens. Uh, obviously, it's small sample size, right? But 62 games after winning three in the first 25 is very impressive. Um, and also on top of that, it was the the re- retooling of the uh, 
the farm system. And, and I definitely think in the long run, assuming the Mariners do not win a World Series with Castillo on the roster, the Reds definitely won that trade. But anything's possible, right? But let's get into arguably one of the worst teams in the in the league and the Pittsburgh Pirates. They had, I guess we've said this for the last three teams now, they had a season. They're a baseball team, right? There's nothing special about the Pirates. They had one guy that was making headlines in O'Neill Cruz. Um, they have Brian Reynolds. They have uh, Brian Hayes and guys like that. Trade away Daniel Vogelbach at the deadline to the Mets. Um, got a couple pieces back. Uh, nothing crazy, but Pirates, pretty quiet season, but a pretty good season too. Um, yeah, like the thing with the Pirates – is this another team like where you kind of know where they want to go? It's just they don't have the right means to do so. Like, I, they're not as analytically inclined as they should be. Like, if this team had an ounce of analytics, they could have been like the Orioles this year. Like, they're getting prospects and like the trades, like uh, Richard Rodriguez getting Bryce Wilson back in the 2021 trade deadline. You got the Daniel Vogelbach trade, stuff like that. You know, like, especially what they really need is someone to help O'Neill Cruz. Like, the kid's going to be a stud if he gets the right coaching, but he just swings and misses so much, which is fine. Like, you look at Aaron Judge, it he has he has to strike out a lot. That strike zone's so big. It's just he strikes out so much, and when he makes contact, it's hit hard, but it's ineffective contact a lot of the time. And that's why he barely graded out above average. Um, but it's really good to see, like, Brian Reynolds is just a legit stud. He just happens to be on a, like, a dog crap team. And, like, maybe if they were to find, like, a way – to become something in the next five years you can extend him now for like a little bit less aav and have him be like the real forefront of that rebuild you know rise back up but honestly like this season lived on the fact that they traded jose quintana and daniel vogelbach yeah um i don't know what it is about the pirates and me watching them but every game that i watched this season there was a hat trick um I, I watched my Giants play against the Pirates and Jack Swinski, a guy who never runs into the baseball, hit three home runs that game. And I was like, this guy's next up. This guy's next. He hit a couple more home runs, but he was not the guy. Um, and then I went to a Nats game over the summer with the Stevs. Uh, Brian Reynolds just just destroyed us three home runs. It was it, – it's – and I think – didn't this team um, – didn't this team have the uh, most, like, rookie home runs in a season at least for i think at least for that pirates organization it, they broke their own record for most rookie home runs so i i can't say the future looks incredibly bright there's not many recognizable names um but i i, I don't know I, I i don't know the direction on this team they're not very uh they're not very interesting to watch i, I think there's gonna be years ahead where they're, where they're better though yeah i just i think they definitely – the rebuild has definitely, you know, gone on the way up. Um, I know there was a couple questions um, just going around of, you know, what do you want to do with Brian Reynolds? Um, I think, you know, Brad said, re-sign him, have him be the forefront of this. He's, he's 27, so he still has, you know, good five more years, six more years, you know, left in him. Um, but, you know, maybe do you possibly just not – I'm not saying trade them, but explore the possibility, see what maybe you could get. Um, I know you want some veteran um, presence, you know, for this young of a team. Uh, but it's, you know, just a question of, hey, you know, what should we do with him? 
Um, but no, this is the pirate season. I you know, I saw coming. Um, you know, I just this off season. I don't know what they can do. Uh, maybe get some, I get some pitching. I think they definitely need pitching. Um, and maybe some one two year things to flip at the deadline and continue this rebuild because I think they're going to be in this for another two three seasons. They can't keep doing this this cycle that they've been in for the past decade where they get good players and then they just they just keep trading them at the deadline. They can't do it with Brian Reynolds and, and Cabrian Hayes. They can't keep doing it over and over again. And it's just something I hate watching as a baseball fan because I, I like when players stay with the same team for their whole career. And it just sucks when a team – does it on repeat over and over again they did it with tiger glass now and and garrett cole and and guys like that and it's it's terrible to watch but let's get into grades and for the pirates i had them at a c just because it was an amazing season it wasn't a terrible season they're the pittsburgh pirates what more can you expect from them yeah um they didn't have many trade pieces so I would I wouldn't say like their their deadline was crazy. I mean, getting rid of uh Vogelback, I mean big big daddy Vogelback and Quintana wasn't necessarily like the most crazy deadline. And I initially had them down as a C, but I think I put them as a D just because in comparison to the Reds, they're just a level below. Um and I mean when you when you when you tank and don't manage to rebuild at the same time, then it's all for nothing. So I don't know. They're they're a decent farm system. Maybe good, be decent in the future, but right right now, can't give them a good grade. Aiden, what you think? Yeah, no. Um, I have them at a C minus. Um, C minus. I'm a, again another team. I'm on the fence between a C minus and a D plus. Um, the only reason I'm giving them a C minus is because it was kind of a towards the end of the season, kind of flashy. You know, you brought up O'Neill Cruz, and he kind of, um, he kind of, you know, put them back. I'm not gonna. He made them watchable. You know, you want to see, hey, what is O'Neill Cruz going to do today? Um, and, I mean, I, f- I feel like every game he played in, there was something, you know, whether it was a 120-mile-per-hour throw or whatever he did or 180-mile-per-hour home run, this or that. Yeah, they were fun to watch. So, Brad, what would you give them? Um, honestly, I I gave them the best thing I can give them. That one is my D. Um, like, the Pirates just weren't that good. It's the thing that I see is that they keep trading away like B tier trade deadline candidates. And when you keep doing that and you kind of have these guys come up and they're not exceptional, like they're not, you're not getting any stars come up besides Brian Reynolds. You kind of fall into what the Orioles became like a team that's going to be stuck losing a lot of games for a really long time. And I don't think it's as bad as a team like, uh, like you'll hear about tomorrow, the Rockies, but I do think they're on a course headed for disaster if they don't fix things soon. And this season really didn't help that direction. So I gave them a D you've heard the central you've heard the East tomorrow. You'll hear the West. Thank you all for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We'll catch you all tomorrow with the national league West recap. Peace.